Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we're going to talk some Buffs today. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's a weird time. Uh, I, I feel like when I was putting together this show, trying to figure out what exactly I want to talk about, there were just so many options, but nothing that really clearly stuck out as what we should be talking about. It's kind of weird transitioning into the offseason for football. And, you know, you don't have an opponent coming up this week. You don't have these day-to-day news cycles, like things that come up naturally. Um, I spend a lot of the day just kind of thinking about what I want this Buffs coverage to look like, you know, over the next next week or two. First of all, breaking down the rest of the football season, obviously a bunch of basketball coverage and what exactly I want that to look like, what exactly to turn the next five months of coverage into four months as we get through the rest of the basketball season and then into spring football. And then what exactly the summer looks like before we circle all the way back around. Obviously, this is my first time going through this part of the cycle. I feel like I kind of got into a bit of a rhythm with the season. And now it's time to build a new rhythm. And uh, as always, if there's anything you want to hear more about, if you want more basketball talk, if you want more women's basketball talk, and I'm going to start digging into that too now that I have a little bit more free time. Um, If you want whatever, just, just let me know and we can fit that in. Obviously, the easiest way to do it is to just throw a comment in there and say, talk more about this. And I'll say, okay, I'll do that more going forward. And then in that final segment of the show, I'll get to it then as well, obviously. Um, but yeah, there are a bunch of things that I do want to talk about, specifically this week as we kind of close out this football season. And uh, today I kind of wanted to stay away from the buffs just a little bit and talk more about where the Pac-12 sits as a whole. I think that having a couple more days to just kind of like digest things, and obviously there's going to be a whole bunch of buffs talk, but some of this Pac-12 stuff that's going on with uh, Washington's coach, Chris Peterson, stepping down, uh, they're cleaning house at Arizona State. There's some there's some pretty crazy stuff going on around the Pac-12. Obviously, Utah's still fighting for a college football playoff. Um, now that... The whole grind of the season's over. I think we can take a chance and just kind of like re uh, reevaluate, make sure we're all on the same page with where everything is with Buffs football, where everything is with football around the Pac-12, and then uh, kind of move forward from there. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, 
big basketball game on Saturday playing Kansas. Uh, there's a basketball game Wednesday night as well. I'll be up in Boulder for that. Um, we're going to get some basketball talk in too, but I think this week we, we need to start just closing the book on this season. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the biggest story to me is the recruiting. You know, it was great seeing what they could do on the field. You know, LaVisca Chenault was fun. It's crazy to think that he's done wearing the black and gold uniform, uh, unless he goes to the Saints, which I'd really like. But uh, a lot of really cool things happened. But in terms of what is most important, what is going to set the tone for this program going forward, it has to be the recruiting. And uh, they were back out doing it again this week you know we got the email this morning saying that the tuesday press luncheon is canceled uh we'll we'll do something around december 18th the signing day the early signing period um and uh maybe something before that if mel has time to host all of us and answer some questions but uh the reason they're busy is because it's all recruiting um these schedules that they're putting out uh, first of all, the graphics are still incredible. That that might be the number two story of the season is how great the Buffs graphics department has been this season. Um, Mel yesterday, uh, well, let's start with Saturday. The game ends at 8.30. He meets the media, uh, gets through all that stuff, gets his team loaded up onto a bus, flies back to Colorado, and Sunday morning, um, just hours after he landed, he was on a plane to Boston. Uh, not somewhere where Colorado typically typically recruits, um, a ways away. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. Nothing is jumping to the top of my mind when I hear that. Um, but but it's definitely worth noting that that's where he spent yesterday. Today he was in Atlanta. Tomorrow New Orleans. Wednesday Dallas. Thursday, uh, Melissa, also in Texas. Uh, I can't remember who goes. I'll I'll think about it. Um, Jacksonville and San Antonio all in one day. Then Friday hitting Independence. And then, uh, I guess, coming back home for the weekend. Uh, That's a pretty crazy schedule. Um, And and you see similar schedules for all of their recruiters. Darren Cheverini. It looked like Chris Kapilovic, the offensive line coach, was with Mel today uh, talking with Jake Ray. The... Buff's top offensive line recruit in this class, left tackle, um, who should be the guy there for quite a while. Um, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to follow social media over the next couple of days and see who exactly uh, Mel is visiting with, uh, Chev is visiting with, um, and just kind of seeing what they're trying to do. You know, it's it's interesting to me. I mean, obviously, he, he meets with Jake Ray. So the, the way it works, the first two weeks of December – Coaches are allowed to make home visits, um, which is obviously pretty important. You get to go to the kid's house. You get to meet his parents. Um, I mean, you've probably met them before, but you get to spend real time in their house. You know, it's it's a more intimate setting than on a game day when you have a ton of kids on the sideline. Um, I'm excited to see who exactly Mel Tucker is meeting with obviously he's the guy for all the big time stuff um looking at some of the spots uh he's going you could kind of see a path where maybe he's just going through 
and meeting with all of the most highly rated recruits. You know, um, tomorrow he's in New Orleans. That's where uh, Ashad Clayton, the running back, the number one recruit in the class for Colorado, plays high school football. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the strategy. Have him go by, lock everybody down, make sure nobody's changing their minds. Um, it's the strategy behind this is always so interesting. And I think that that's probably how you want to use Mel. You want Chev out there making earlier contact, trying to convince people to switch. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of a really big time for recruiting right now because, uh, of all the coaching changes happening across college football. You see a lot of kids decommit, um, Again, the stability at Colorado could could actually knock Colorado up the recruiting rankings, ranked 29th in the country by 24/7 Sports, 247 Sports. I'm not sure how to say it. Um, ranked ranked 29th in the country, 28th is Nebraska, uh, 30th is UCLA, maybe. Uh, it's definitely a Pac-12 school right behind them. You know, if if they could bring in a couple of these guys, and there are some big names who had considered Colorado who decommitted today, um, or at least in the last couple of days. But that's kind of where the minds are shifting for Colorado. Uh, December 18th is when they can actually sign players. Uh, that's going to be when everybody's actually locked up and they can't decommit anymore. Um, this is kind of just that final push. And as... as it's too bad that they aren't spending this week preparing for a bowl game, but having Mel Tucker out there recruiting isn't the end of the world. Um, also, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but on social media last week, there were a, a bunch of buffs, former buffs, or for, forever buffs, oh, forever buffs, uh, who were talking about how much they wanted to play for Mel. You know, the video of Mel dancing came out... Um, this might have even been two weeks ago. I think most of the videos of Mel dancing have gotten some sort of response like this. We see guys like Shea Fields and Bryce Bobo saying, I wish I played for Mel, like all this kind of stuff. And, you know, if you just like look at it quickly and assume they weren't putting too much thought into what they were saying, they're saying like, oh yeah, it would have been cool to play for Mel. Um, that's great. It's it's a nice cosign. But it does make you think if they were saying something about Mike McIntyre as well, saying that they wish that it wasn't Mac and that it had been Mel. And and who could blame him? You see what Mel's doing. You see how Mel is appreciated. And uh, I don't know. It kind of makes sense. Um, again, that's kind of the big news. That's what's going on for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll follow along. I expect to see another commitment or two probably. Um and again, when when you're sitting where Colorado is in the recruiting rankings, you're right on the verge of getting into really special territory. Um, the Buffs haven't had a class like the one that's coming in this year in quite a while. You know, they've never been ranked in the top half of the Pac-12 um, for any recruiting cl class. And what's that? This is eight years now. Right now, they're supposed to be fourth. Uh, next year, they're projected fifth. And again, very early for that. But they're making some noise. And that's how you turn the page. Um, keep improving. You know, I, I, I wrote this yesterday. But what what's most exciting is that when you look at the talent that's leaving, 
the program at, at the end of this season, you know, it's, I guess it's probably already left this the, the uh, program and compare that to the talent that should be coming in for next season. You've got to be pretty excited. And again, like Antonio Alfano, he doesn't count in any of those rankings. He uh, obviously 2019 class. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that this is going on. Uh, definitely need to follow along with that. Exciting to actually get to signing day. And uh, I want to talk about some of the Pac-12 news that went on today and uh, kind of talk through how I think the Pac-12 stacks up, who has the advantages going into next season, what we should expect, um, and maybe even take a quick look at the schedule for next year. But before I do that, I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery and the Colorado Core. Uh, I was out at the Broncos tailgate yesterday, like I said I would be. Uh, saw Silver Buff out there, which is pretty cool. Um, love running into him. And uh, we got to chat a bunch. I got to tell him all of... Did I have too many behind-the-scenes stories? Not too much. Um, got to tell him some stuff that nobody else gets to hear. Uh, and that's why you guys should be coming to all these events because... That's the type of stuff that I can do that isn't quite so public. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it was a good time for a bunch of different reasons. Um, but maybe the biggest was because there were a couple big buckets of, uh, I think, Strawberry Sky. We had some Avalanche, um, United and Orange. I think there was Colorado Core too. But, but that's... I can't exactly remember. Um, and not sleeping for a while really put my brain in a weird place. Uh, had a bunch of Breckenridge beers there. Um, it's what they do. Actually, Brandon put them all in ice, um, which probably didn't need to be in ice. That was kind of funny. Uh, the point is, Breckenridge beers are good. They support us. Hopefully you support them too. You can use the beer locator on their website and that will tell you where you can find whichever beer you want to try. I suggest the Christmas Ale. It's probably my favorite at the moment. And, uh, you know, you can get those at Blake Street Tavern too. That's where I went to watch the game yesterday. Um, had a blast, as always. Um, had the chicken tenders. I'm not a big, like, chicken tenders guy. Uh, I feel just kind of weird ordering them, especially a place that makes like really good wings. But the chicken tenders at Blake Street Tavern are just so good that I've probably gotten them like five of the last eight times I've gone. Um, it's I don't even know what it is. Like they're super crunchy. They give you so many fries. Um, I don't know. That'd be my recommendation. Also, like the buffalo chicken wrap, the wings, like I said, if you give them extra crispy, are really good. You guys need to spend more time at the Blake Street Tavern. That's where I'm going to spend a lot of my life going forward now that I don't go up to Boulder quite so much. I mean, there's something about like going up there in the morning and getting back down here at 1 and then uh, writing and recording podcasts and doing all that stuff and trying to get that done before dinner time that makes it a little bit more stressful than waking up you know, hitting the gym, getting my podcast done, getting my writing done, and having all that done at like a decent time, and then just going up to Boulder at the end of the day to watch a basketball game. It's a lot less stressful that way, or at least in my mind it will be. Um, but yeah, all the extra time is going to be spent at Blake Street Tavern, and I hope I see you guys there. Um, there is one more thing that 
I did want to note that is that um, Jake Bentley is transferring out of South Carolina. And uh, so he's a quarterback. He's a, going to be a grad transfer. Uh, he started at South Carolina and uh, got hurt, got passed on the depth chart, but again, was pretty good when he got to play. Um, I think that he's, you know, I know that he's going to be a pretty big time target for Colorado. Um, I think if you were to handicap the grad transfer prospects right now that could be coming to Colorado, Jake Bentley would have to be pretty close to the top of the list. Definitely keep an eye on what's going on with him. Um, again, this was totally expected. This is something that everybody kind of anticipated. Um, and it happened. So, so follow along with that. I am excited to dig into all of the quarterback potential. You know, as disappointing as it is that the season's over and we don't have, like, real tangible things to talk about every day, sometimes, like, the speculation type stuff is more fun. Um, you know, just thinking about all the possibilities, all the things that could happen, you know, could Colorado make a play for Tate Martell? Uh, probably not, but we could definitely talk about it, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about quarterbacks over the next few months, and, uh, you know, that... Jake Bentley is going to be pretty close to the top of that list. Um, there are a whole bunch of guys who could be transferring. A lot of big names, too. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's going to be fun to get into that. It's going to be fun to get into who needs to step up, who is the most improved. Um, you know, if you could take somebody's best skill and give to some, You know, there are so many fun games that you can play, and I'm excited to get into that stuff this offseason. Um, to the Pac-12, though, where a lot of things are going on. Uh, like I, like I mentioned earlier, Chris Peterson, the head coach of the Washington Huskies, he, uh, he stepped down today. Um, pretty crazy that that happened. I definitely didn't expect it. You know, Washington's had a couple down years, but he's kind of built that program into something special ever since, you know, he, he kind of did the same thing with Boise state. Um, won a couple bowls there, won the Fiesta Bowl there, then took the bigger job with Washington in 2014. And, you know, he's taken them to the college football playoff. He's won the Pac-12 North. I mean, before this year, he'd won it three straight years. Um, he, he'd won two of those Pac-12 title games, too. Um, he's uh, He's a really good, really good coach. And it surprises me that he uh, thought that it was best to step down. Again, kind of disappointing season, um, but only because of the standards that he's set for that program, winning a Pac-12 title, uh, or I guess the Pac-12 North title each of the last three years. So he's going back within, uh, he's going to stick with the program. He isn't going to be the head coach, though. And it's tough to see how this could make that program better. Um you know, I don't think that whoever steps in, and I, I, I guess I haven't paid attention to whether the the guy who's stepping in now is going to be full-time, but uh, it's tough to see anybody having the type of success that he had. Uh, even if he did go 4-5 and five in conference this year, uh, that's just the way the Pac-12 kind of turned out to be this year. I think that for Colorado, that's probably a pretty big win going forward, having Chris Peterson step down. Um, also interesting... Arizona State 
switched up a whole bunch of its offensive staff. You know, tight ends coach out, wide receivers coach out. Um, quite a few shakeups, which was sort of surprising, I guess, but uh, worth noting on here. I don't know that we need to spend too much time on it. Uh, what what I really did want to spend time on is how this uh, season kind of shook out. Um, again, it's not quite over. You have Utah and Oregon playing Friday in the Pac-12 title game. That's going to be a blast. Um, I think you have to be pulling for Utah in that one. Um, getting the Pac-12 to a college football playoff would be huge, so huge, especially after missing out the last couple of years. You can't. You can't afford to just not be there. That's a whole bunch of money coming in for the conference, but it's also just the publicity um, legitimizing one more school. You know, Oregon's legitimized. USC is legitimized nationally. Uh, Utah, it should be, but it isn't yet. Uh, This would be pretty huge, though. Uh, Definitely will be pulling for them. But then you look at what's happening behind those uh, two teams. You have both of them 8-1 and in conference, Utah or, or USC seven and two in conference. Behind those three, you have four and five, 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 three and six, three and six, three and six, two and seven. Uh, I don't know if you want to call that a competitive middle of the pack or if they were all just a little bit underwhelming this year. But uh, the Pac-12 kind of took itself out the way that it typically does. And not many teams are leaving the season with shiny records. Uh, You know, if Colorado had pulled out that game against Arizona and had finished off that game against USC when they were up 10 in the fourth quarter, they'd be in fourth in the Pac-12, and they'd likely be headed to, you know, the Holiday Bowl, taking on likely Iowa or Michigan. Imagine how much differently people would see this Buffs team if this season was ending with a bowl game against Michigan. You know, the, the Colorado was on Michigan's level this season. Um, and again, they just didn't close out those games, and so they aren't on their level. But uh, it's just kind of interesting to think about how close Colorado was, not just to making a bowl game, but to making a, a real, real good bowl game, the Holiday Bowl, um, against a good football team. Uh, again, didn't happen, but I think that at this point you can kind of look back and see just how close they were to being not just relevant, but in a very good place. Um, and that should be promising going forward to know that if, if they can just clean things up a little bit, that's where they'll be. Uh, you have, especially with... Washington, I mean, how do they not take a step back without Chris Peterson? Uh, I don't know. Um, you have Utah, they're going to be good. Oregon's going to be good. USC's going to be good. Some weird stuff with Clay Helton today. Uh, somebody reported that he was going to be fired. Uh, the The program said, nope, that's totally not true. Like, the only person who's getting fired today is whoever's reporting that. And... Uh, you know, it kind of went this back and forth. Rumors that it could be Urban Meyer. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, it's still kind of a mess there. Uh, we'll see what actually does happen. I don't think you can say something that 
I don't even know, just just so loud and obnoxious, like saying that the reporter's going to lose his job for reporting it, um, and then go out and fire him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that the Pac-12 going forward, it's still going to be very difficult to crack the, the top spot, the top couple of spots with Utah up there and Oregon up there. And, you know, USC should be competitive every season. For some reason, they aren't, though. Uh, but behind those three, that's all wide open for the taking. There's no reason Colorado can't take that. Taking down one of the top three, taking one of those top three spots, tough. Behind that, shouldn't be. Um, and when you look at next season's schedule, first, I mean, you open at Colorado State. That has to be a win. You can't be losing to the Rams. Uh, then they play Fresno State. And uh, that's at home. That should also be a win. And then at Texas A&M, which will be a tough game. But I think that Colorado can keep it very competitive. Uh, it hurts it's on the road. But the Texas A&M squad from this year wasn't all that good. They were 7-5 and five in the SEC, which isn't bad, but it's also not, you know, impossible to see how Colorado could go in and win that game. They'll bring back quarterback Kellen Mond, who was disappointing this year, but he'll be a senior. Uh, again, that's probably a loss. You could see, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, so Colorado's 2-1 and one non-conference. Then you go to Arizona. I think you should win that game. Home against Arizona State. You know what, instead of saying who's going to win, let's just say can they win. And let's say, yeah, Arizona, they can definitely win that. Home against Arizona State can definitely win that. Home against Oregon, tough. Home against UCLA can definitely win that. Uh, Home against Utah, again, tough. Uh, Home against Washington State, though, yes. At Stanford, yes. At USC, uh, yeah. Washington, on the road without Chris Peterson though I mean it's not nearly as scary so if you're coming through non-conference play with two wins and then you're picking up wins against Arizona Arizona State UCLA uh, Washington State Stanford Washington again this is pretty optimistic but all of a sudden you're eight and four and with six wins in conference you should be looking at a pretty decent bowl game um, we gave them more 50-50 games than we didn't give them. I think that you should probably set the bar for next season at 7, and again, you don't even know who the quarterback is, uh, which is tough. And actually, I was talking to Silverbuff about something similar, and I haven't really looked ahead. Let's actually look ahead right now. Um, but he said year 3 is when he thinks they're going to take that step forward because of the schedule. Um, so let's see. Home against Northern Colorado, home against Texas A&M, Home against Minnesota. Okay, I don't. This, it's it's a little tougher non-conference. At Arizona State, at Cal, home against Arizona, home against Oregon State. So yeah, you could win all four of those. Home against USC, home against Washington, at Oregon, at UCLA. You know, I I see it. Um, I think that should be the year where the bar goes up to eight or nine games. Um, it's just crazy to think how quickly this could turn around, especially. If uh, especially if Brendan Lewis comes in next season, is the starter, gets some reps, and looks good, kind of like Jaden Daniels did this year. I think that if if I'm Mel Tucker, I'm really studying everything that 
Arizona State did with Jaden Daniels. And I guess with Herm Edwards firing most of that offensive staff, maybe he doesn't feel the exact same way. But uh, just seeing what made him so special. Were they, was it the play designs? Were they only ask him to make one read? Was it a lot of RPOs? Was it, I mean, just all these little things that you can figure out, see if you can incorporate that. Because again, he was true freshman, uh, number two, number six, somewhere on there, uh, ranked dual threat quarterback in his class. Brendan Lewis has the potential to do something similar for Colorado next year. Um, and there's sort of a roadmap against Pac 12 competition that was, written this season um i think that that's good for now on this type of stuff but but the overwhelming takeaway is that so many of these pac-12 teams just feel interchangeable where it doesn't even really matter how they play or which exact one you're playing if you just go out there and play decent football you should win um i mean oregon state Cal, Washington without Chris Peterson, Washington State, Stanford, UCLA, Arizona State, Arizona. Like, none of those teams feel too much better than the others. None of those teams really scare me. But if you're one of those other teams, you're looking at Colorado the same way. And it's just whether Mel Tucker can get them to take that step next year. Um, and I'm optimistic. I, I think that he can start beating all of those uh teams that aren't <laughs> that aren't all that good um before we move along uh and i have i, th- I, th- I think is there one question hopefully hopefully there's a question uh i want to tell you about uh strava craft coffee strava craft coffee is incredible it uh is CBD infused coffee, which means that it can do all the things that coffee does, which is keep you awake, get you ready to work, make you functional, uh, all those sorts of things, and then also do all the things that CBD does, which is you know fix back pain, help with anxiety, help with depression, uh, all these physical uh, ailments, all these mental ailments, ev- everything. Uh, CBD could help, and it just depends on the person to see what exactly it will do for you. Uh, so check them out. They'll ship everything right to you. Super convenient. Um, there's no reason not to try it. Uh, all right. Now, uh, into the comments. Let's see. Gotta load this. Loading. Got it. Okay. One comment. Silver buff. This is the best I've ever felt after a losing season. Uh, that's what Mel Tucker has done so far. Three straight five and seven seasons sucks, but Mel's moving the right direction. Since the oh, okay, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's a good take. I think that this should feel better than a five and seven season. Um, I don't know. For me, coming from FCS football, where at the end of the season there's a twenty four team playoff, and first of all, that is so much fun. And I don't understand why people don't want that for FBS football because it's just a blast. It's uh, like having playoff games at home. If you've been to like a Broncos playoff game or uh, really any NFL playoff game, you know what it feels like to play playoff football. It's just so intense. It's so crazy. Like the environment is just kicked up like three notches compared to anything else that's the same thing that happens in fcs playoffs 
I don't know why you wouldn't want that for FBS football. Um, you know, FCS, they still play a 12-game schedule. Nobody complains about it. Nobody says we're playing too many games. That's just the way it works. Uh, I don't like that argument for FBS because, again, there there's a, a whole Division One football league that does a 2014 playoff, and they can't expend to 12. <sighs> it's, it's frustrating. Um, this is like a weird tangent off of that. But, yeah, like coming from FCS football where – Anybody has a chance to win. You know, it's like the same number, 130 teams. If you're in the top 24 of those, you get a chance to go prove that you can be a national title contender. Um, and so it really is important, that that distinguishment between playoff team, non-playoff team. But, again, from an FCS perspective, I don't really get why you'd want to go to one of these bad bowl games. Um, Like, I guess it's fun to watch, and it's fun to watch football, and it's a good way to send out the seniors, and, you know, there's that kind of stuff. Like, actually traveling down to the bowls, I bet, is fun, spending a week there. Um, But it doesn't feel like it really means anything. Like, a Pac-12 title means something. Um, uh, a, A national title means something. But winning the red box bowl a pretty average level bowl just doesn't get me fired up at all and maybe i'm just like out of line with that but it doesn't seem like it means anything um i'd be interested to hear what you guys think about like the alamo bowl because as soon as you start to get into that range of bowl games then it feels like you're right around the corner almost like almost like it's like a prize like you finished 15th in the country or something like that and so you get to go to a decent bowl game better luck next year you're right there competing but it doesn't really feel like much of a reward for hitting six games like going 500 to go you know i i don't know the the actual postseason unless you're making it to the rose bowl making it to one of these high level bowl games or the college football playoff i don't know I, I I don't feel it. the The difference between a five and seven season and a six and six season isn't that huge to me. And obviously, there are like the perks of getting to practice longer and all that kind of stuff. But uh, in terms of five and seven seasons, just barely missing out on kind of the lowest level of goal that you can have for your program, I think that this should feel good, um, because you saw that they could have won more than that. And I think that that's a good place to start. Like we were saying, like you win two more Pac-12 games, you beat Arizona, and you beat USC, then all of a sudden you're in a pretty decent bowl game. Um, you, you finish off Air Force in overtime, then that's another win. That doesn't get you closer to like the Pac-12 rankings, but it does... Uh, it does get you into a bowl game. You know, you could see how this could have been an eight-win team instead of a five-win team. Um, it is problematic that they weren't able to finish those games. Um, it's disappointing that they weren't able to finish those games. But it... I, I'm not concerned yet. Um, if, if, if they have the same problems next year, 
then I'll start to be saying like, oh no, is this a Mel Tucker thing? Or is this something to do with his coaching staff? Like something here is going wrong for you to be losing these close games. And again, like you do have to remember they, they beat, uh, first they beat, uh, Nebraska in a close game. They beat, uh, Arizona state was pretty close. Um, the Stanford game, you know, they, they won some close games too. And so I'm not too worried about that narrative that they can't finish out games because they went about 500 in them. But if they become a team that's good at closing out games instead of average, then they would have taken a step this year. And I think that that's something that would really fit with who Mel is um, as, as a coach and as a person, just that kind of mentality that, he carries would make me believe that that would be a strength for his teams. Um, overall though, five and seven, meh, it's what I expected to happen. And it's what happened. Everything outside of the actual record though, was a pretty big success, you know, in terms of recruiting, in terms of just like building confidence, you know, filling the stadium, um, Filling the stadium just shows that people are bought into Mel, that people get what he is trying to do and believe that he can be the guy to make Colorado football good again. Um, Yeah, Mel's moving in the right direction. Uh, He also said, since the athletic department hasn't mentioned it, don't forget CU basketball plays in Fort Collins next Friday. Let's take over the arena. Yeah, I've been kind of amazed that we haven't heard more about all of this kind of stuff um i i I don't get it it's there aren't many tweets there aren't many promotions for tickets there aren't any of those sorts of things at least that i've seen and i i haven't been like scrolling through their twitter page to see what's going on but at least it hasn't been popping up to me which is surprising um yeah buffs play the rams in basketball on friday um that's a big game uh, because you just can't lose. And again, sort of like football, it's just it's just asking for trouble playing against CSU because they are a lower-level opponent. Like, you get nothing for beating them, but you get knocked down a bit if you lose. Colorado moved up to 20 in the AP poll today, by the way, uh, which is pretty cool. Um Tyler Bay is still up at the very top of the Ken Palm rankings. A whole bunch of really cool things going on. Uh, we're going to talk more about that tomorrow because they do have a game Wednesday night that I'll be getting out to. And I always think like if I record this on a Monday, you're probably going to listen to it on a Tuesday. So that will be a good show to put out there for you guys to listen to on Wednesday before the game. Um, yeah, back to the point I was trying to make. Colorado just shouldn't play Colorado State if they can avoid it. And I guess, like, Colorado State, like, they're good at volleyball. I've heard they're good at softball, but we haven't gotten to softball season, so I haven't really paid attention, obviously. Um, the Only bad things can happen for Colorado. Only good things can happen for Colorado State. Uh, plus the fact that it is in-state, it is a rivalry, makes you think that something weird is more likely to happen than if, you know, Colorado had scheduled fresno state instead or another mountain west team that doesn't have the same ties uh you should be excited about the game um you should care about the game if for no other reason than uh because if 
Colorado State actually wins, then when Colorado beats Colorado State in football next year, the student section is going to start some, like, let's play basketball chant or something like that because that's what they do. Um, little brother stuff. Uh, definitely need to get up there. I'll, I'll be there, obviously. Um, it's going to be fun. Ooh, maybe I can get Justin Michael on to talk to. I'm sure we could do that. Um, should probably be doing that more often now that I think of it. Uh, yeah, basketball Wednesday. Again, the the big game is Saturday against Kansas. Hopefully the basketball team isn't thinking that way, like looking ahead. Uh, women's basketball team, I don't know who they play tomorrow, but they play somebody tomorrow. Um, Nuggets also play the Lakers tomorrow, which is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, um I think that that's all I have for you guys today. Leave some comments. Um, I'll get to them tomorrow, and uh, I'll talk to you then. Um, oh, also, I should tell you that there's an awesome gift package, like holiday package. I can't remember what we're calling it, actually, uh, from DNVR. You can get a subscription for like the normal subscription price, but then also get two free items from the store, whether you want two hats or two shirts or a shirt and a hat. Like I think hoodies are included. Um, you get a whole bunch of that kind of stuff, which is really cool. I finally got my DNVR hat. You'll see me wearing that all the time in Boulder now. Um, so it's perfect for you know getting for yourself if you've been waiting for a reason to subscribe, or also getting for somebody who you think could be interested in what we do at DNVR. Um, that comes in like a gift box. So you can just wrap it and it's not like other online things where you just have to like tell them you got it or like put it in an envelope that you bought them something on the internet. Um, there's actually something tangible that we give you. I think it comes with like a sticker pack too. I, it's, it's pretty cool. It's definitely pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure it's still just the same regular price as a subscription. Um, even if it's for a friend who doesn't care about the buffs like you do, uh, there's like, you know, the Broncos have, like, three of me. The 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 Nuggets people get, like, four of me with Mars and Vote and Wind and uh, D-Line. And, uh, yeah, like, if you guys are, like, Denver sports fans, you should definitely subscribe. Uh, if you're Buffs fans, then I think you should probably subscribe, too. And if you have friends who are into Denver sports, like, this is the perfect thing for them. Also, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but we started releasing our uh oh i forget what we're calling it like top of the tens maybe um and it starts with our ranking of the 50 best or like most contributing best contributing um sports figures in denver sports over the last decade um i think we counted down like 50 through 40 today um we'll get all the way up to the top um, and then, then we have a whole bunch of other side stuff too, where we get to argue about it, argue about the contributions, um, a whole bunch of really cool things. And a lot of them only subscribers can see. Um, so become one of us and join us and we'll appreciate you. Uh, that's actually it for today. I'll be back tomorrow to talk more buffs.